0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? Back again, up in this
1: I'm never going to meet a woman who understands
2: me. They hit it loud,
1: I feel like bees Drake, alone on a building, dangling my legs off, wondering what it's like to feel companionship.
0: You dating a black girl?
1: I've never felt so understood by somebody in my entire life.
2: Whether you like it or not, we kind of go together now.
0: Do you plan to? Out to our family?
1: Yeah, I just haven't had the chance to meet them. What's going on? Tell me about life. How are you?
0: This is your white granddaddy come back to haunt me.
1: What? Now
2: this is my fault? So you want to marry my daughter? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, Ezra, you could try.
0: BFM 89.9. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmala and Arvin. And together... We are reviewing You People, which just came out on Netflix. It is directed by Kenya Barris. Um, it's co-written by Kenya Barris, along with a gent that you heard in the clip just there, Jonah Hill. And it is a big ensemble cast thing. So that's what we're discussing.
2: So I'm always excited when there's a new rom-com on the horizon, even if largely they end up being pretty bad these days. Uh, So I was quite excited about this. I was also excited because it's written by Kenya Barris of blackish fame. Um, There's a lot here that's interesting. Uh, You know, the fact that Eddie Murphy is back in one of these sorts of roles after quite a while as well. Um, There's a lot here that's interesting. There's a lot that I think still pays off as an entertaining watch. I laughed a lot. Um, There were parts where I thought were quite sweet and cute. I just don't know whether it succeeds so much in the things that it's trying to do when it comes to social commentary, because that's where I feel like it drops the ball.
1: Yeah, I've never seen a movie represent uh, a declining graph so perfectly like this movie did. (laughs) Like seriously, Um, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it uh, because I did most of the movie I enjoyed. Um, but it's crazy how the movie starts out so strong uh, with so much potential and then exponentially gets less interesting as the the minutes go by. Um, and then it totally taps out by the end, right? By the end of this movie, it's the total opposite of the opening of this movie in the worst way. Mm. Um, and I think that's why I wouldn't call it a good movie, but it's fun. It's fun and enjoyable and I had a good time for sure, but it had so much more potential going for it.
0: Potential is a good word. I think it's a very cute film, um, but I'm not sure it was intending to be cute. And also, I'm just going to say early on, the running time means it's difficult to categorize it as just, just a cute film or as a social commentary film. So I guess I wish that it had either been 90 minutes rom-com with some very sharp social jabs, um, or it had been two hours... 15 minutes with a little bit more of an expansion on the social commentary. And I feel like right now at this one hour 58 mark, it ends up doing neither sufficiently. And 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 that's where we end up. So the film, it's actually a very straightforward meet the parents kind of father of the bride almost situation in which you have two people, um, Ezra Cohen on the one hand and Amira Muhammad on the other, played respectively by Jonah Hill and Lauren London, who meet have a meet, meet cute, meet violent. We can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, fall in love and then decide that they want to get married. That, however, means bringing together their two disparate families. On the one side, um, Jewish white people, played by Julia Louis Dreyfus and David Duchovny. On the other side, um, black Muslims in America, played by Eddie Murphy and Nia Long.
2: It's a great meet cute. I have to It's say. very cute. Yeah.
0: Actually, the rom-com in general really works yes.
2: for me. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. actually, you describing it as starting super strong and then just kind of meandering to a very poor finish is, is exactly it. Because all of the setting up that rom-coms do, Um, this movie hits those beats really well right introducing each character the way they meet the way they get to know each other and fall in love all of those things are really great and for all that you may not think of Jonah Hill as a rom-com lead type he's actually incredibly um, fun and sweet and sometimes infuriating to to watch and I think that's really nice as well Um, I just think that I just think that the movie constantly doesn't seem to know exactly what it wants to do, both with the storyline as well as the characters. So ultimately, by the end, it stops being as sweet or as funny. Um, It also hasn't had anything hugely important to say.
1: Yeah, because the first half of the movie was this really uh, lively mix of comedy uh, based on like race relations and racial tension, um, and I thought that worked super well. Like it, it had all the it hit all the right notes. Um, and they started tackling some very dicey issues, and I thought, okay, this is cool. And Kenya Barris knows how to tackle those issues, right? Um, but the more the movie went on, the more it felt like. They didn't know how to handle all those big questions and those like interracial relationship stuff, or all the questions that the movie itself proposed and asked it to have answers to. Um, and then it just said like, "Okay, I we, we we don't know. We're just gonna tap out." Because there's this scene in the movie that brings up the significance of slavery and the Holocaust, um, yeah. and then and then they do nothing to describe it, which are two. Very, very important things, um but then it goes along this sort of like adam sandler grown ups two sort of resolution, which I thought was whoa, that is such imbalance. Like you're asking such big questions and I don't think even you know how to answer those questions. So why ask them in the first place? Like we didn't ask. So why would why would you ask a question that you don't know the answer to?
0: <laughs> so that scene in particular was for me the tipping point of the film because up until then, you could see that they were still attempting to strike that balance, right? Of the, the energy of the meat cute and of this guy who enthusiastically wants to comment on, be a part of, celebrate a culture that he is not actually born into. Um, and, and they're try- kind of balancing that slight edge and doing it reasonably well. But I think any movie that has a prolonged dinner party scene or a scene in which you bring a bunch of characters together into a closed room and they're going to monologue at each other or there's going to be a lot of exchange, you have to do it at like... Inglorious I think is one of the high standards. Ooh, like the high yes. watermarks. So I'm not suggesting that you people <laughs> get to Inglorious, but They no, even meet the parents. That's what I'm saying. You know that mm. there is a benchmark. The the dinner table scene in these sorts of films is always going to be important. And when that one started holocausting and slaverying and podiatrists, I was like, Okay, I'm not sure that I can I can go along with this. And then unfortunately the rest of the movie followed the tone of that scene.
2: Yes. Actually, it reminded me most, and, and perhaps very obviously, of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, right? The Sydney Poitier film. And that has the famous dinner table scene as well. And in a weird way, that movie, which is, gosh, what, now, anyway, decades old, tackled that the, the tensions and the weirdness and the uncomfortableness of the situation of a black person coming to a white family, in a way that seemed much more innovative and fresh than this one does. This one, in an odd way, doesn't seem to know whether it wants to go full cringe. And actually, the cringe actually is quite funny and fun. There are many scenes in which, especially when... um, when uh, Jonah Hill first meets Eddie Murphy and Nia Long. Which you heard a bit of in the clip, which yeah. is amazing. That was such a great mm. scene. The cringe of that scene is really great. The cringe of um, Lauren London meeting Jonah Hill's family for the first time. The cringe of Eddie Murphy trying to get Jonah Hill to say a song title Yes, is wonderful. See, those scenes are great. <laughs> but you're right that by the dinner table, they don't know where else to push it. And then from there, it just kind of starts feeling less and less... Interesting.
1: Mm. And to the movie's credit, though, I mean, since we're talking about the, the dinner table scene, uh, one thing I, I like or I love about the movie is that they didn't make the parents sort of supervillain characters. Like 20 years ago, um, the parents would have been like cartoon characters with zero social skills on how to communicate with, with people of another race, right? Um, I thought the parents were more nuanced. Uh, their intolerance isn't so like harsh, Um, It's passive, and there's a sense of like obliviousness, Um, and they're tone deaf. There's so much tone deafness going on. Like Eddie Murphy and David Duchovny played up a bit. Um, Their characters are slightly more cartoonish, but they're not like plotting some devious, harmful plan to stop the wedding. Um, You know, which was kind of refreshing. I thought that part of the movie was nice.
0: I think we can come back and talk about the other things we enjoyed. Uh, We're talking today about You People, which is just out, uh, just dropped I think last week it's directed by Kenya Barris Um, let us know if you've watched it yet or if you plan to, are you happy to see Eddie Murphy back on our screens, you know, more often than he has been in the last few decades Uh, you can WhatsApp 018 8899 tweet us at BFM Radio
2: Banish fraudulent maneuvers BFM 89.9
1: Mixed voice people are really awesome you know, you have like Mariah and Derek Jeter, and then of course you have the, the goat—the goat, the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah, I know what it means, but who are you referring to? Uh, our guy, the legend, Malcolm X. What in the mother? But they hate
2: me. Can you honestly say that your family is excited to have my black in the picture?
0: I think the police, okay, are up towards black people.
2: I like your braids. Thank you. Exhibit head braids. <laughs>
0: BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharma and Arvin and we're talking today about You People, which is a new culture clash comedy that's out on Netflix uh, with a huge, huge ensemble cast that I wanted to give a bit of shine to because we've talked about the stuff that didn't work for us so well in the movie. I think the story and pacing and perhaps fair to say overall direction maybe wasn't all that inspiring. But what worked, I thought, were moments in the script that were very, very funny. Um, some of which you just heard. That was delightful. I think all the first meetings and the subsequent, you know, kind of moments where they rubbed up against each other were really funny. Um, the cast, though, I really enjoyed Jonah Hill and Lauren London as the central couple. They were really believable and super cute. Um, and I like that they got heavy hitters for the parents. That, that you don't have someone there where you're like, huh? Instead, you have people there that you're like, yes, they're back.
2: Although, Although, David Duchovny, I'm sorry, why why is he there? (laughs) To be obsessed with Exhibit. (laughs) I mean, I will say the podiatrist who's who's obsessed with Exhibit was really funny. But Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the mother is so perfect. Um, Sometimes too perfect, I think, because she's so likable um, that I don't know whether the movie kind of trips a little bit in, in... because it kind of wants you to not completely like her also, but it's it's not
0: possible because she's so likeable. It's hard when you have a comedy great, I think. Yes. Which she is. Mm.
2: But, Mm. you know, just watching her bounce off of people like Eddie Murphy is great. Um, Eddie Murphy for me was interesting because on the one hand, he's always funny, but I've, I'm not used to seeing him this dialed down in a role that maybe you would have expected him to go full, like, you know, ham over the top. But actually, he's really dialed down and that kind of worked as well.
1: I actually had the question about um, Eddie Murphy that I wanted to ask you guys, because he doesn't do a lot of movies anymore. Like he picks his projects very, I wouldn't say carefully, but he picks his projects. He's not he's not out there a lot. Um, I don't think this movie utilized Eddie Murphy the way a movie should utilize Eddie Murphy because he was dialed down, but he wasn't even dialed down in a way that only Eddie Murphy can do. Um, I felt like there are a dozen other people who could have played this role, uh, could have done the same thing. When When you're watching a movie with Eddie Murphy, for me at least, I'm expecting something signature and there was nothing signature about it. There are a couple um, of scenes, but... You think not so?
2: enough I think um I suppose like the
0: ones where he was in the car with his brother yeah I was gonna yeah. say I think there are a couple of scenes oh, right. where he's not invested in playing the father-in-law from hell where he's allowed to be his his own character to be Akbar Woody or whatever he's going <laughs> at you know where he's allowed to be that guy and and talk about his own reasons or his own beliefs rather than just there to fulfill like the trope of the father who's who's there to cause difficulty which I guess brings us to the writing, right thing right Because um, the performances are very charming. They really are, like to a T, they're all kind of charming and cringy and and fun to watch. But the writing, outside of the culture clash, is there enough for each of the characters, uh, for any of the characters who aren't Jonah Hill? I'm not sure that there is. Yeah. So to connect it actually to the performances, um,
2: the only time that the movie felt like it knew what it was doing with the writing was in the the interspersing of the podcast that Jonah Hill does with Sam Jay. Sam Jay and him are so good as these business partners slash best friends who do this podcast on race relations. Um, Don't Sam, you want an actual podcast? Right. Oh, I would yeah. have actually liked the whole movie to be about them and their relationship and them doing cool things as friends. I would have watched that. I would have watched that show. The writing in those scenes are so good and so sharp and has so much more to say about the complications of race in America today than the rest of the movie.
0: It's that split. The rom-com stuff is nice. The The social commentary stuff could have been developed better, but it was sharpest in the time with the podcast. So it's almost like there are three separate movies. There's a family comedy. Um, n- not a comedy for families, but <laughs> a comedy involving family. There's a romantic comedy, which works for the most part. And there's the social commentary kind of sharp edgy cynical comedy drama so there are three movies that are packed into this
1: which could have worked so well if the writing was better just coming back to the writing right which could have worked so so well because it's so vibrant the movie um I actually thought that even the writing for Ezra, uh, Jonah Hill's character was not strong enough because I was a bit confused um as to who he is exactly because it's it's some sometimes he's uh, smart and confident and sarcastic um and then other times he's like this bumbling clown character very much like an Adam Sandler character and does he um,
2: actually is he actually respectful and and immersed in African-American culture? Or is he a wannabe who's a tourist? Yeah. yeah, because the movie exactly. never seems to settle. Sometimes he's straight up lying about things he doesn't know. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. he really does genuinely seem to love this culture.
1: Because the podcast side of him is like progressive and he, like he says, he knows about the culture, right? Um, but then you really don't know, like he keeps switching throughout the movie. And then sometimes he's like, he has this podcast with, uh, with a progressive black woman. But then he goes to like a bachelor party with cocaine filled uh, uh, people who storm the Capitol. Those kinds of friends, which we never see I- any other time in the movie, other than for the second half. So I felt like his character was all over the place. Um, I, I, you know, I thought that he he didn't really land the way he should have, or the way they opened with with him in the beginning.
0: Mm, I agree with that actually. When I say that his character works for me, I think I'm thinking of the rom com movie. Yes.
2: He works so, in the rom com movie. Right. Yeah. So so
0: as this one half of a rom com who's really invested and, and meet cutie and, and going to go all the way, go all out to love this woman. He really sold that. Um, and that's mm. why the bumbling stuff maybe worked a bit better. But I agree, actually, now that you're talking about it, as a viewer, you don't know whether to trust him or not, right? And I'm not mm. sure whether that's part of the tension of the fact that this was written by two people. Um, and therefore, they may also have had very differing perspectives on whether the white guy in this film is to be trusted or not. Because, yeah, I, 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 Which is, again, the social commentary sitting uncomfortably along with the rest of the film. And iron- or being underdeveloped.
2: Yes, because ironically for a movie that is written, written and directed by a black creator, it's the black characters that feel underdeveloped. You don't really mm. get to spend time with them or sit with them. Lauren London, for all that she's actually great, you don't
0: really get to know much about her or how she relates to her family. I'm not even mad about Lauren London. I'm mad about Nia Long. Yes. Who is really yeah. wasted. She's so great and fun to watch. And then she's just here to... Actually, I, I don't even know what kind of mom she is. Is she a disapproving mom? Is she a... You know, she's just a supportive wife to the Eddie Murphy yes, character. Yes, she's just there to be a foil for Eddie Murphy and for Lauren London. And again, that's
2: that's kind of poor writing for the, for the people who are supposed to be the core of the movie.
1: Actually, the more I think about it, and this is like conspiracy cap put on... Um, I think this movie, like if you ask me, would I recommend this movie to anyone? I would say yes, like 100%. It's so easy to tell anyone to watch this movie because it is funny. Most of it is funny. Most of it works. There's so much of star power. And I don't know if whether at the end of the day, it was just the, it's just the algorithm being like, this has to be accessible and you can't, you can't be super serious about these things. And that's why the movie fell flat. Um, I don't know, but that's like conspiracy thinking law.
0: Well, there are elements of the movie that felt chop change right that that felt as if they had been mm. edited in strange ways um at one point at one point amira Lauren London's character does not get a job and it's unclear why I mean her interview with the people who were going to give her the job um, was filled with microaggressions and kind of low key racist nonsense and when she doesn't get the job, she's really upset but as a viewer, you're left to extrapolate all sorts of unspoken things in between there. And that's what I mean when I say there's a longer movie in here. I don't know if I want to watch it, but there is a longer movie packed into this.
2: So, Lynn, off air when we were talking about the movie, you referred to Insecure. Um, yeah. Because it's also set yeah. in LA. It's also about and um, I love African it so American much. culture. Yeah, I feel like the kind of humor and the kind of even cringe comedy that Insecure brought to issues of race or what it means, what it feels like to be black in today's America. This movie doesn't even come close to approaching any of that.
1: No, but I feel like, you know, if Jonah Hill and and Kenya Barris had another shot at doing something like this on a a more prestige platform, I think it could be like an Insecure. Because like you guys said, it, it is in there that good movie is in there somewhere. It's just getting lost in all the all the fluff, fly, I think.
0: Having said that, right, the visual style of... Um, the reason why I brought up Insecure earlier is partly uh, for all the reasons that you said, Shamila, but a big part of it is actually just visual filmic style. I think Insecure looks more like a movie than you people. You people, like... I didn't like the the cuts that they do. The it's weird a sitcom. editing. Mm. Yeah. It's sitcom editing to let you
2: know you're in LA. Yeah. And and why? Why do that? And just I mean, I know Kenya Barris comes from T V, but this feels slightly amateurish and it also kinda cuts away scenes in a very weird way, which goes back to the how much of this was chopped and changed.
1: It's one of those few movies that if you went like, would we want to see this in the cinema? We'd be like, no. You know, <laughs> High like, pass. TV is like, you know, fine. Yeah. Hard pass. Mm. Like, this doesn't belong on a big screen. It, it looks really nice on a much smaller screen. It's built <laughs> for like the tiniest TV that you can find.
0: And with that resounding recommendation, um, <laughs> we've been talking today about You People, directed by Kenya Barris, co-written by him, uh, along with Jonah Hill. Have you watched it yet? Do you plan to let us know. You can WhatsApp 018 789 8899, tweet us at BFM Radio, write to us at movies at BFM.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.